Appreciate your confidence in me. Absolutely, and you, you know, as we were saying before you came on, you, you know, you are coaching at your alma mater. You've now been the head coach for five years. You followed the legend in Bob Bayless, who was there for 26 years. Uh, I, you know, my first question has to be, what is that like? Has it been a dream come true? Because I can only imagine if I got to, you know, take over for Coach Steinberg at University of Michigan, who's doing a great job, by the way. And shout out to my Wolverines for taking you guys out twice last year. That'll be my only dig at you. Uh, personal answer. Come on. You are the Lou Holtz of the tennis program right now. That's got to be a thrill. It's pretty cool. No, it, it, it honestly is. It's pretty cool. And, and uh, the brand recognition that Notre Dame has and you know, when we travel and, and even in recruiting, when the ND around is, is pretty special. No, no, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a privilege. I really, I really feel that way. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's really fun. Coach, just to follow up with you, uh, I mean, I know we used to battle it while I was at Louisville, but we, we were always a big fan of what you've done with the program there. And I know while I was at Louisville, we saw a big difference when we were able to make that jump to the ACC. How do you feel that that affected your program in terms of just the recruiting and competition level you get now day in and day out uh, for your players? And, you know, you don't have to go search for out-of-conference matches anymore. Everything's scheduled there. You know you have a top-tier national-level uh, strength of schedule each year. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a game-changer, to be honest with you. I think the biggest thing, and you probably felt this and remember this in the Big East days, was, you know, you, you hit – you hit March and, and um, you know, you're really just trying to piece your schedule together because the Big East did not have a, a mandatory round-robin league schedule. And so you're literally playing anybody that you can play. And there was no real crescendo to the end of the season. And, and now it's, you know, it's the gauntlet the last, uh, you know, four or five weekends of the, of the regular season. You're playing great teams, match in and match out, and then you're getting ready for the tournament. And, um, no, it, it for sure has been a game changer. Certainly, recruiting it's easy to sell. We're, we're playing in the best tennis conference in the country. Um, you know, I, I was looking at a stat the other day: the All-American Championships that we're getting ready for Tulsa has been won by an ACC guy the last eight years. I mean, that, that's incredible. And, and you know, and obviously what Virginia and now Wake have done, and, and Carolina, you know, on, on a national level as a team over the last five, six, seven years. Um, you know, you, you're really competing against the country's best week in and week out. And, and uh, from a development standpoint, you know, your, your guys are always on, on, on point because you know you've got a heck of an opponent coming up in three or four days. Absolutely. And you talk about some of the returning talent you guys bring back this year. You've got, you know, Alex Ledbedev, Grayson Brodus, Guillermo Cabrera on top of, you know, uh, many others. And then as well, you've got the Axel Neve coming in. You know, so many guys on the team who have experience, who were able to play, you know, last year as, you know, have, have been, you know, a member of the Fighting Irish team before. Uh, you know, what are your expectations now? It's, you know, you've been coaching there now for a few years. You've gotten your, you know, your feet under you. Uh, is this the year, Notre Dame? You know, is, is Sweet 16 the goal now for your program at this point? Yeah, I think it is, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you know, I love we, that answer, uh, Coach, I should say. I love it. 
you know, it, it, it is, and, and, and hopefully, hopefully uh, beyond as we get rolling with this thing too. And um, you know, you, you're right. We, we do return a, a lot of, of really good players, and, and we have the potential uh, to to really make a big jump this year and, and have a breakthrough nationally. Uh, we had a couple of glimpses of that last year, winning at Texas, and and uh, you know, playing some some really really strong teams, very very close. Um, but I, I, you know, I think we've got to make another jump, certainly, and and, and it starts here in a couple of weeks when we, we get our fall season we want to, to, you know, accrue the confidence and, and match experience necessary that come January, February, March, April, May that, that we're ready to go and, and make that next jump and, and get, you know, you know, get get some big wins and, and be hopefully a top ten team and, and certainly uh, make a deep run at the end, you know, in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. Absolutely. We want to ask you uh, your, a personal view based on some of the umpire scandals. I was going to say, enough college. You know, this is a U.S. <laughs> Open preview. We do want your opinions as well, Coach. So we had we had the curios Leoni interaction where Leoni basically became Curios' coach, even though he was the chair umpire. And I'm sure you heard about the Serena match if you weren't watching it last night um, with, with Mortugalu coaching. So obviously in college, you all can coach us. I'm not playing anymore. You all can coach your players at, <laughs> coach us, that's at, right. at any point in time. Um, do you think the pros need to make that change to allow either some on-court coaching or it's okay if the box is coaching from uh, up, up above? Uh, do you see that being a change they should look at, or do you think it's always going to stay, um, you know, the players have to think for themselves out there? Yeah, I, I guess I, I think one one thing or another has to change. Either the enforcement of the rule has to be a little bit more consistent. I think we all know, and you, you, you hear all the players talk and all the coaches talk. I mean, it, it happens in virtually every pro match as well, where it's quote unquote illegal coaching coming from the box. And yeah, you know, either either we normalize that and call a spade a spade and say this is happening anyways, and, and let's let's make it even playing field and 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 everybody can do it, or um, or there has to be a little bit tougher, stricter enforcement because it, it's, you know, again, it's, uh, such a one-off or, you know, a, a very rare circumstance that the player gets it's punished for it, but yet, you know, you, you know it's happening in every single match. And, and so I, I think just more consistency across the board, either either take the rule away or or and, and allow the coaching or or become a little bit more stringent about it and, and just so that there's an expectation and a knowledge that you're not in the finals of a grand slam and, and something that most probably casual fans had never even been aware of, you know, but it's very common happened, and, and all of a sudden it, it, it creates a circus that we saw last night. Well, look, when you and John Roddick were playing the Bryan brothers in the final of the 1998 <laughs> USA F8 Futures, I'm sure coaching was not, you know, the, the most prevalent issue. And that was a great answer, Coach, but, you know, I, I understand the inconsistency in the rules. I'm just curious because a big argument we keep having around here is, you know, there's something to tennis where even more so than boxing, it's beholden on the individual competing, you know, to make those adjustments, to recognize not only where they are struggling, but where their opponent is succeeding and take those instances away from you. So, so I guess even, on, you know, on a more, you know, just, I guess, I guess the term straight up, I'm not supposed to, you know, I don't want to use slang with a, the Notre Dame coach. I, you know, I, I got to be better than that, but just, you know, in terms of your opinion, Coaching on the ATP level or no coaching? I, I understand there needs to be consistency, but one way or the other, which are you in favor? Because I'm on the coaching train. I'm on the let's help these players play their best always. Yeah, I am too, because I don't think you're ever going <laughs> to stop it. I don't think you're ever going to prevent it. I think, you know, I, I, I absolutely think it's it's the right thing. And, and uh, as I said, 
it's happening pretty much every match anyways. Um, let's, let's legalize it. Let's normalize it. And, and it, you know, I think maybe you see the, the level of play go up even further than it is right now because, again, you have an extra set of eyes uh, seeing, seeing something objectively that maybe a player in the moment isn't quite feeling. Uh, I I couldn't have put it better myself. Well, you know, before we let you go, and, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time, I have to do one fun thing I love to do with all of the coaches we interview. It's a little bit, a segment called Alex's Trivia. It's, you know, it, it bases in my belief that tennis players, because it's an individual sport, because, yeah, we're a little cockier than the average athlete. We remember our biggest individual moments more so than any other athlete. So I want to take our listeners back to June 30th to July 5th, 1998, the USA F7 Futures in College Station, Texas, where a young Ryan Satchery earns his first Futures singles title on tour. Now I'm going to ask you, Coach, do you remember who you played in both the semifinal and final round? Because when I asked Ty Tucker, and you know, not to get the uh, comparisons going, but Ty remembered everything. I mean, the guy's a nut job, but I love him. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember a lot about that tournament. That was my first ATP points uh, I won, and then and then obviously I turned it into my first title as well. And yeah, I beat Jeff Morrison in the semis and Nicholas Tadero in the finals. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, do you, do you remember I, the, the scores? The known, I I think it was what three and four against Morrison and maybe six and three against Tadero. Is that right, Coach? You're amazing. I uh, it true <laughs> the first person to get the scores right as well. So well done. Yeah, well, little known fact about that is I got a uh, I had a walkover in the in the second round. Or, uh, sorry, I played a lucky loser in the second round of the main, uh, which is for the first point. Uh, Bob Ryan pulled out, and uh, <laughs> I, I was not at the level to beat Bob Ryan back at that stage. Probably he was intimidated. Don't kid yourself, tournament. coach. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So my draw kind of opened up early on in, in that tournament, and and uh, I was able to kind of capitalize on the momentum, but. I think, look, we're all we're all psychos that, that play this sport and coach this sport, and I think you, you, uh, you can't, yeah, it's not it's not too too uh, not too easy to remember those moments. Well, not too difficult, I should say. I'm fun. glad I'm glad to hear it. And on that note, I do want to you know follow up because it seems to me that there's a generation of people you know such as yourself, the the Trip Phillips of the world, the Jamie Hunts, you know, the John Roddicks who you know, after taking their time on Pro Tour, seem to be so drawn to college tennis to want to come back to be a head coach. And I'm just curious, you know, to you, there's so much talk about is college tennis a viable pathway to pro development? So as our last question, uh, you know, what are your views as college tennis as a pathway to pro development? And why do you think so many former players of your generation seem to be coming back to college now to coach? Yeah, well, I, I think number one, that uh, probably two parts of that that answer there. Number one, I think it absolutely is a viable uh, pathway to the pros. Just look at what's look what's happening in, at, at the Grand Slam level. You have Kevin Anderson, you know, finally Wimbledon beating Fed, um, you know, and, and and John Isner having a great summer making the quarters, uh, semis of Wimbledon quarters of the Open. Um, you know, Steve Johnson's had a good run. List goes on and on. I, I think it's becoming more and more of a viable pathway the more that our sport professionalizes itself and and, and, and markets to uh, the tennis fan and the average sports fan to come out and create a, an amazing environment it's it, you know again I think all that goes into player development um, and and the level of competition continues to rise and as far as why the college level I, I, I think a big thing at least this is my own opinion is you know college tennis 
other than high school tennis, but, but certainly at a high level, college tennis is really the only one that's played in a team capacity and where you're representing something bigger than yourself. And, you know, you talk about my buddy Tripp and, and, and John was at Georgia for a bit and Tripp's at Carolina, you know, being able to come back to our alma mater, Tide, Ohio State, Manny Diaz at Georgia, et cetera, et cetera, Rodini at TCU. Yeah, I think that to be a part of, of the school, again, that you that you graduated from and you played for and you represented, and, and to be able to lead that program is, is an amazing feeling and, and um, an incredible experience every single day. Absolutely. Well, I lied, Coach. I am the Barbara Walters of tennis interviews. I always sneak one more under the belt. So last question, as we mentioned, it is a U.S. Open men's singles preview. I would be remiss if I if I, if I I Juan Martin Del Potro versus Novak Djokovic. Who is your winner and why? Well, I predicted Del Po before the tournament started, so I'm going to stick with him. All you and me both, Coach. Challenge. Let's go. Cue the applause, Westoff, please. <laughs> I love it. I think it's going to be hard, though, for him, but I was expecting the set in, in the final. But, um, no, I, you know, for, for Djokovic to go Wimbledon win since he win and then U.S. Open away, that's a lot of elite tennis played in a short period of time, and, and it's pretty pretty challenging. But, you know, by the same token, it's hard to bet against the guy the way, the way he's playing right now. I'll, I'll stick with Delpo in, in four, um, but I can't feel overly confident about that prediction right now. Oh, I, I agree. I'm just curious, if we call Australian Open, Indian Wells, and Miami the Sunshine Triple, don't we have to call Rogers Cup, Cincinnati, and U.S. Open like the fall fallback or just like the really crappy end-of-year events? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to figure out a nickname for that. But Coach Satchery, you know, I, I, we could talk to you for hours. We really appreciate you coming on to talk to us during this U.S. Open live show. And, you know, we would love to have you back on for a full podcast, so please stay in touch. I would love that. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun, and I appreciate you having. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach Satchery, take care. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a great day. Yeah. See you. Yeah, and and now you know we you know so thankful to Coach Satchery for coming on. Obviously, we're still trying to figure out transitions. You don't get to see Westoff bark orders to me in the back, but. <laughs> He looks better and better every time he does it. I call him Paparazzi Westoff. I may have to call him Program Director Westoff. Now he's really taking a jump. But again, he is signaling to me we need to take one commercial break. But we will be right back with our next guest, TCU men's tennis head coach David Rodini. Sorry, I was scared. You're not the way that feels. Like to sleep with him for so much to come in and kill you. The final thing is that now and that I bring up anything Go they gonna kill anyone that feels so powerful They jump at you and bring your skin up everything is confusing You will be good but you 